Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to Sunday Podcast. This is our chance to play for you some of the best moments from the radio show and some great interviews during the week that you may have missed. If you ever want to check out our show, go to Bongino.com. Go to Station Finder and see what radio station we're on near you. You'll love it. I promise you. We put a lot of work into the radio show. Check it out. But before that, let me tell you about our first sponsor. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like leaving your keys in the car while you run into the gas station for a snack. Most of the time, you're probably okay, but if you come back and there's no car. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data. doesn't even take a lot of technical knowledge to hack someone. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling your personal info on the dark web. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so hackers can't steal your sensitive data. It'll take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. And it's easy to use. Fire up the app, click one button, and you are protected. It's really that simple. Works on all devices, phones, laptops, tablets, and more. So you can stay secure on the go. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's expressvpn.com slash B-O-N-G-I-N-O. And you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino. First up today, we talked with a real, genuine, authentic American hero. You know this guy? His name's Drago Desarian. He's a former Navy SEAL. Talks about escaping communism, coming to America, signing up to become a Navy SEAL, to fight for our country, his country, our country, your country. This is one of the most inspirational stories you'll ever hear. He has a new book out called The Pledge to America. It's amazing. One of the publishers on this book, I was blown away by it. Check this out. So, folks, I'm always on the prowl for um, guests for this show and for content and interesting clips and interesting people. You know, when you're producing 20 plus hours of content a week like we are, uh, you got to fill the airwaves with not just stuff. I mean, any idiot can talk. You have to fill it with interesting stuff and interesting people. And about uh, two years ago, I guess, I came across uh, this gentleman. Uh, the man's name is Drago Desarian, and I watched the clip. It was actually sent to me by someone, and I was absolutely blown away. And uh, ever since then, he's been a pretty good friend to me. He's been on the show a couple times, but he's got a new book out. It's called The Pledge to America, and it is probably the most powerful biography you're going to read this year. Maybe the most powerful biography you're going to read. I publish a book. I'm proud to do it. It's an amazing book. I want to welcome to the show Drago Desarian. Drago, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. It is, as always, honored to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. No, the honor of my friend is mine. Drago, your life story, you're a humble guy. Uh, but your life story is powerful. When I read it, I, I just wanted to be a, be a part of it because I think your life story is going to change a lot of lives. Uh, you, you grew up in communist Poland. You know all about tyranny and political prisoners. You find yourselves in the Navy SEALs fighting for the United States. Walk us through this journey, how you get here, and why you decide relatively late in life that you want to serve the greatest country on planet Earth in the Navy SEALs of all things. Well, as you mentioned, I was born and grew up in a socialist state run by communists like my father. This is something that uh, people do not understand often, that none of these countries behind Iron Curtain, including Soviet Union, were communist, pure communist countries. They were socialist states run by very oppressive regimes and communists, like I mentioned, like my father. Uh, There's something that can we can there's only so much people can put out and eventually in Poland people start revolting after decades of oppression uh, political murders political prisoners uh, uh, finally people start revolt started revolting and they built in 1980s after the visit of John Paul II they built a solidarity trade union movement that was first independent first in any communist country, socialist state behind Iron Curtain, first state independent from communist, uh, uh, independent from communist party. I was involved in it. I was helping building it. My, my mother was uh, heavily involved in this trade union, which eventually became a social movement opposing the, uh, uh, the, the socialist tyranny. 
Uh, my father, on the other side, was on the opposite side. He was one of the leading communists and one of the uh, uh, probably the member of Communist Party in Poland at the time. Um, since I was, uh, I really understood from the very beginning how bad, how dangerous the socialism is. I, I witnessed it on my family. I witnessed my family members being tortured by the police and the secret police in Poland. So my, I made my mind very early in my life that this is not the system, the political system that I would ever support. And eventually, when communists started losing a grip on society, they resulted, resulted to, uh, they resolved to uh, martial law in 1980s. And this is when I and many other, my fellow uh, uh, compatriots there, say enough is enough. So we started printing underground uh, like a newspaper, which was published behind the censorship, the official socialist censorship and behind the fake news media. So I was arrested shortly after it, and my entire group was arrested. I went to prison. I was sentenced to three years of uh, of present time, and uh, after I was released on amnesty for political prisoners, eventually later, uh, I, uh, my life was in danger. I had to leave Poland, and since I was always fascinated with America, with American freedom, with people, I, I asked uh, U.S. Embassy in Warsaw for help if I could come to America. And uh, it was approved. I was given like very quick uh, a visa, and within uh, three months, I left. I escaped. Uh, Communist Poland came to America. So I said my life. Uh, I came in 1984. I had a great life, and uh, I eventually in 1990, in 1990s when the first Persian War broke out. I became a U.S. citizen in 1991, and I felt, and I still feel like this is, it was my moral obligation to support my country. For me, the best way to do it was to join military and fight on behalf of America, uh, with, my, with, with, with a war on behalf of America. Now, Drago, so, how old are you at this point when you decide, so you leave, you were a political prisoner in communist Poland. It's amazing. You make it to the United States. You love this country so much. You decide you want to serve. How how old are you at this point? And then how does the I mean how does the Navy SEALs, one of the most elite fighting forces in the entire world, if not the most elite, how does that get into your head? Well, I didn't from the beginning. I didn't know anything about Navy SEALs. I just I didn't even knew the difference between Navy and Army and Marines. I just wanted to serve. The America was at war. That was my country, the country that gave me freedom and everything that I have. So I, I decided to join military. And happens that I met Navy SEALs. I was skydiving instructor at the time. So when Navy SEALs came to Memphis, Tennessee, to do some parachute jumping and demonstration jumps, of course, they came to our drop zone. I met with them, and this is when I talked to them. They actually convinced me to uh, take my paper uh, paperwork from uh, from army recruiting office and um, move it to the navy and that's what I did and uh, yes by at that time I was going 32 so it, I was already too old so but the recruiter told me well you know you are too old but I can guarantee you if you sign these papers you join the regular navy they will make a seal out of you. You know, for me, it was not the most important thing. I just wanted to serve. America was at war. I wanted to go to war and fight on behalf of America. So I, uh, it was not that most important thing, but it happened that since when I went into the Navy, I graduated as a number one recruit from the boot camp uh, of all the graduation uh, recruits yeah. at the time. Then I became, I graduated one of the first uh, in my class in my uh, tra Navy trade school, the parachute school. So um, uh, my track record was good enough that uh, uh, my command actually helped me to get uh, 
by orders to Navy SEAL training. And uh, U.S. Navy allowed that exception. Uh, me being at the cutoff age was 28 years old. I was almost 40 years past the limit. So I was given the exception and the permission to join the training. And uh, I graduated from SEAL training in 1993. We're talking uh, to Drago Desarian. That last name is spelled D-Z-I-E-R-A-N. Drago Desarian, the book, is the pledge to America his journey from communist Poland and political prisoner to the United States and the elite Navy SEALs. Trago, you didn't just serve in the Navy. You didn't just serve in the Navy SEALs. You've actually been in combat. I know we talk about a lot of this in the book, the stories in the book. It's an amazing transformative biography. It'll change your life, folks, if you read it. But the combat time, I mean, this really meant you were not going over there just because you thought this was a show you were putting on. You were willing to shed blood for this country and you were over there in combat zones. Talk about that a little bit. Well, yes, I uh, I was in the middle of deployment to South America at the time when the call came in that I need to join uh, the SEAL platoon uh, fighting war in Baghdad. So in the midst of mid, in the middle of my deployment, I was sent to Iraq and that was, and I stayed there. Um, that was I stayed there for over a year, but it helped me also develop as a as a warrior and helped me develop as a very effective soldier, fight uh, uh, sailor fighting on the behalf of America. I spent there almost a year in in theater. So uh, in uh, on my deployment on my on, on this deployment. And eventually I had to come back, uh, but two, I think a month later, I was asked to come back again uh, to Iraq. Actually, I volunteered for it, so I went back. It's supposed to be two weeks uh, trip, which turned into almost five months. And eventually my command called me back, said, Drago, you need to come back. We are about to deploy, uh, and uh, you need to... Uh, 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 join your SEAL platoon and before deployment. So I came back, and soon after I was back again uh, in Iraq uh, fighting war. So uh, it was a great honor uh, to be there. To a great honor. Be you're you're, you're such an inspirational guy, Drago. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. You're just like, you're really such I, I met you about two years ago, and I, you're such a humble guy. You don't even take compliments that well. But you should. Your story is. You consider it this honor to come here and fight for this country. You're, man. Me and my producer are both just shaking our heads. I, every I've heard your story before, and it's weird. Every time I hear it, it hits me like it's the first time. You're such an inspirational guy, and and, and people need to hear your story. The book is called "The Pledge to America" by our guest here, Drago Desarian. Drago, I got about two and a half minutes left here, but I cannot let you go without getting your opinion on this. The current political climate right now and the weaponization of government, you were literally a political prisoner in a formerly communist country. What are your thoughts about everything going on right now with the misuse of our government to make people like Trump and others political prisoners? I think this is the day of infamy. Uh, There's something I, was never, I would never expect to ever see it again when I left socialist oppressive totalitarian state. And I am very concerned, and this is very dangerous. People do not understand the process, what is going on here, because they never leave, they never experience socialism, they never deal with communist regime. So here, what is happening right now is, I think, big eye-opener. Hopefully people can educate themselves and stop toying with this dangerous ideology that murder people around the globe and that there are millions of grave, graves around the globe uh, from this ideology. So I hope we can turn our country around, but this is a very dangerous process that will start it. And the persecution of former president, the political prisoners held by Democrats in, uh, in Washington, D.C., is, uh, is, uh, I don't know what to say about it. You know, my book, intention of my book was to write a book that will be a prism to, to how great America is. They can look, they see the greatness of America, the, 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 
exceptional country through the prism of socialism, through the lens of communism, but it seems like that lens is becoming a mirror. Oh my gosh, Drago, I hope everyone heeds the warning you just gave. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, Drago Desarian. The book is called The Pledge to America, One Man's Journey from Political Prisoner to U.S. Navy SEAL. I'm telling you, it is the most powerful biography I've read in a really long time. It'll change your life reading the story. Drago, you're an American hero and a patriot, and you're welcome back on this show anytime. Thanks so much for your words and for putting the book together. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. It was honored to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, sir. You got it. Folks, I met this guy two years ago. I'm telling you. He is the absolute real deal. You may love this country a lot, but no one loves it more. You may love it as much as this guy, but you can't love it more. Drago Desarian, the book, Pledge to America. Check it out. Up next is another one of those rants of mine where I just get into something on the radio and it just doesn't stop and people love them, so we put them on the weekend show. But let's hear from our next sponsor first. Folks, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration, raised the debt ceiling for the 79th time. It's going to pave the way for more reckless spending, more devaluing of the dollar, more inflation. As our natural debt continues to skyrocket, you need to protect your savings. Savers like me are concerned. I turn to gold multiple times using Birch Gold. Similar, thousands of similar-minded people buy gold from Birch Gold, B-I-R-C-H. Here's the easiest way to do it. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. You don't pay a penny out of pocket. The BRICS, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, they're banding together against the dollar, diversifying. You know what they're buying? They're buying gold. Follow their lead. Text Dan to 989898 for your free information kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands, me included, of happy customers, Birch Gold can help you protect your savings too. Text Dan to 989898. Take action today. Performance may vary. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making any investment decision, message, and data rate supply. So, the L.A. Dodgers baseball team insisted on going ahead with honoring an anti-Christian group on Pride Night. We played an important PSA for them, and then I just went off. <laughs> Enjoy this one. This is, I, I, can't, I can't believe, I cannot believe it. Just, I just saw this a few minutes ago. The L.A. Dodgers, this, the L.A. Dodgers, a working man's baseball team came from Brooklyn, moved to L.A., are still going forward with honoring these drag queen nuns, these sisters of perpetual stupidity or something, whose only purpose is to mock Christianity, apparently. Make, that's why they use a, the drag queen nuns. Keep in mind, they could say drag queens, but drag queen nuns. They're still going forward honoring this group tonight. Now, we do this occasionally. Some of you know where this is going. <laughs> Jim, you can't laugh. You already know. We consider ourselves a public good. It's talk radio on open airwaves. So we feel an obligation to put out, you know, like TED Talk kind of things, you know, which are helpful to people, like semi-public service announcement kind of things. So there was a very, very detailed analysis of in a Cartesian graph that would be very helpful to morons uh, like the people running the L.A. Dodgers deciding to honor a group that openly mocks Christianity in a working man's sport, in a working man's team, the L.A. Dodgers. So we play this once in a while. It's by, I believe his name is Roger Scare. He's a very sophisticated man. That's very sophisticated. And he was trying to gauge in Cartesian graphing the level and quantity of effing around you have to do to find out commensurately the level of finding out pursuant to the effing around. Now, there's slopes involved, y equals mx plus b, the y and x graph, the y-intercept, the slope of the line, regression line analysis, correlational Pearson product moment correlation stuff that went into this. There's a lot of math in this, so you're going to have to deal with it. But it's only like 40 seconds or so. And if the L.A. Dodgers just would have paid attention 
to the now famous F around find out graphing system, they wouldn't be in this situation they're in right now. So for all of the country, we're in a lot of markets, including the great KABC in L.A., to anyone in the L.A. Dodgers who may be listening in L.A. right now, if you just would have followed the slope here of the F around find out graph and done the Y equals MX plus B math, you wouldn't be finding out what you're finding out. If you would, Jim. I want to find out at a level of seven. Okay, so I find that level on my graph and I come horizontally to my gradient line. Where it intersects with my gradient line, I'm going to come straight down to where it intersects with my around line. That there is going to tell me how much I have to around to find out what I need to find out. See, as you can see, the more you around, the more you're going to find out. And also, if you stay down here and you never around, you'll never find out. So I hope this lesson is helpful. Thank you. Jim, Mike, and I have heard that seriously close to probably 500 times between times we played it messing with each other at the show. And it's still funny. If they just, the Dodgers just would have paid attention. If they would have effed around at a level one, they'd only be finding out at a level one. Instead, they decided strangely to start effing around at a level 10. They're now finding out at a level 10. And it's like, they were totally unaware of Roger Scare's graph, which has gone viral thousands of times. Like Jocko play this or something. I mean, this has been all over. It's not new. I mean, I can only, I, I play that every day, but I don't want to wear it out. So I try to keep it like once every two, three weeks. But if you just play that, you can bleep out the words for your kids. But if you just play that for your kids and then play the, Kenny Rogers, the gambler song. That's really all the life advice they need. Don't F around, then you won't find out. And you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and when to run. They get that. 90% of the battle with life is good. It's over. Bud Light, I mean, yeah, Bud Light's probably, think about it. InBev, right? That owns Bob. They own, I think it's InBev, right? They own a billion dollar liquid courage enterprise. They've probably got HR people from Harvard and Wharton who are like quarter million dollar a year newly minted MBAs. I did an MBA at Penn State. I had a good time. But I'm I'm serious. Like they should have walked in the boardroom and Bud Light was like, I think we should do a campaign, even though we're a working class man's beer, with a guy pretending to be a woman. This will go over well. And everybody in the boardroom was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Sounds good to me. Let's roll with it. Now, they, you could have had me at 18, because I had a lot of common sense before I was even in college. I could have walked in with the Roger Scare video and said, folks, I'm interrupting this emergency board meeting. With an emergency of my own to save InBev. Let me play for you this short video by Roger Scare. Come in with an iPad, hit play. You see, if you F around at a level nine, you'll find out at a level. If you don't F around, you won't find out. And I love Roger Dan. He's like, thank you. I hope this was helpful. And then everybody in the Dodger board would be like, I mean, the Bud Light board would be like, um, are we F'ing around here? And then someone else who maybe gets some courage goes, you know what? I think this guy's right. We may be effing around. I mean, we're kind of a middle class, like dirt under the fingernails, carpenters, HVAC guys, electricians, you know, the people who build the country, your steam fitters, your tin knockers, your truckers, you know, your sheetrock installers, your roofers, you know, like the people who built the place, your plumbers, your electricians. Like they like the Bud Light, right? You think they're going to take well to a dude in a bathtub pretending to be a woman drinking a beer? And the guy's like, I, I, I think we're effing around. I'm, I, I thought it was effing around at a one, but now I'm thinking, I did some real quick calculus. It looks like a 7.762. And I'm not sure I want to find out. 
in a one slope line at a level seven seven six two. I don't. And then another guy chimes in. And goes, you know what? I I was convinced before this was the right move, but after an analysis of the Rogers scare f around and find out chart, I actually think we're effing around at a nine. And through my equations in this whole quadratic thing with two missing variables, which I pushed, which I pushed in to this Cartesian graph and made it work in a Matt Damon goodwill hunting moment, I'm figuring this. I'm figuring this. You guys like apples? How do you like these apples? I think we're actually effing around at a nine, which could have us find out at a nine. And when I put it into the multivariable missing quadratic equation, I think this is going to convert to about $10 billion in lost market cap and our shareholders are going to be pissed. And then they would have been like, holy, $10 million? $10 billion? That, let me see your math. Let me see this guy's math. Tony, Tony, bring your math over. Hold on. Check in to carry the one. Get the calculator. Anybody got a calculator? I'm doing his math. F around nine. Slope one, drop the regression line, comes down, nine, find out, find out, punch into the quadratic equation for lost shareholder value. That turns out uh, inside, outs. Remember the quadratic equation? What is it? In, out, outside, inside, whatever the hell that is. Okay. That turns out to be, holy, 10 billion in lost value. Man, that, that, that blows. Don't, we're a public company, right? 10 billion? How many people work at InBev? Probably like thousands. Oh my gosh. Folks, I'm just sure. No, no, they're not. Jim doesn't think the shareholders are going to be happy. See, the difference is the shareholders actually watched the F around and find out video. So they knew the minute this guy was popping the Bud Light in the bathtub pretending to be a woman, the shareholders were like, here, Jim, here they were on the phone. Sell! Sell! They're like Gordon Gecko in freaking Wall Street. Sell! Sell! Code word Blue Lagoon. Sell! Sell now! Sell everything! Poor Charlie Sheen don't know what to do. Sold his dad out. Sell! Sell! I thought you said greed is good. Yes, that's why I'm telling you to sell. Sell now! Sell now! I'll bet the insiders at Bud who got wind of this were like, yeah, they, they walked out of the board meeting after telling everyone this was a good idea. They got on the phone with their brokers. Sell everything right now. Dude, you got a million in stock options. It could go up. Sell immediately. Sell immediately. They're getting involved with a guy in a bathtub pretending to be a woman. Sell now. Sell it all. Dude, but you work there. It could be like insider trading. I'll go to jail. Sell Everything. Everything. You lost $10 billion. And it's like the LA Dodgers, after seeing this target go down, Coles go down, and Bud Light go down, a couple of dipwads are sitting around in the LA Dodgers. What? (laughs) Jim brought up the best point. It's not like the Dodgers don't know. They probably sell Bud Light at the stadium. Hey, Tony, how we do with those Bud sales? Uh, sir, we haven't sold a can in seven weeks. Why? How many home games? A lot. Not one can. No, not one. Is it getting to be skunk beer? We're at the skunk beer line now. It's not like they didn't know. It's not like they didn't know. And they're sitting around the boardroom. All their Bud Lights turn into skunk beer. They haven't sold a freaking can at a home game in seven months, a Bud Light or whatever. And they're sitting around like, hey, there's this group out there. They do this mocking Jesus thing on a cross where they dress up like guys in high heels and shake their wieners in each other's faces doing fake crucifixions. Let's get them. them. Let's do that. Let's them. That's a great idea. Let's do that. And let's not just have them at the game. Let's do a special ceremony at the beginning. The Sisters of Perpetual Stupidity. Let's bring them out. This is a great idea. Let's bring them out. Let's bring them out. It's like no one in this company. No, it's like they all had their nuts rubber banded and fell off. And like they couldn't figure out like, dude, 
What kind of a dipwad does this after the Bud Light incident? Folks, listen, man, I'm really sorry. But if you're caught on TV in an L.A. Dodgers game from this point on, you're part of the problem. Really, you're part of the problem, man. You are the issue. I'm not telling you boycott everything all the time. I don't. I know you can. I know it's hard. I get it. But if you're at that stadium drinking a bottle, I was at a Morgan Wallen concert. A dude came up to me. I think I told you the story. He wanted to take a picture, which I was cool with. I said, bro, not with a Bud Light in your hand. I'm not taking that picture. And everybody started laughing. I was not kidding. He's like, you're serious? I'm like, I'm dead serious. I'm not putting on my Instagram any pictures with people with freaking Bud Light. And they, 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 folks, they, it, it's not as if they didn't know. This is a, just, here's a hint with the L.A. Dodgers. Let me give you a hint on, on how to run your business. What do you know about baseball? Jack squad and Jack left town. I can't name one freaking player on the Dodgers, but I played baseball. And here's, here, let me give you, here you go. Here's my business advice. If I go to a baseball game, I don't want to see the sisters of perpetual stupidity shagging fly balls or any balls, any balls. I don't care about balls, human balls, balls, balls. I don't care. I just want to see bunts, singles, home runs, and pitching. Just play the freaking game. Put the balls on the field and put them back in your drawers. Which is, it's not hard, bro. Just play the freaking game and let the sisters of perpetual stupidity do their thing elsewhere and save your business. Up next is another American Patriot. We'll get to that in a second, but let me tell you about our next sponsor. Summer's here. Time to sit back and unwind with Omaha Steaks. Perfectly aged, always tender, and guaranteed delicious. Omaha Steaks is sharing an amazing limited time offer. When you go to omahasteaks.com and enter keyword Bongino into the search bar, you'll be able to order the Gourmet Grill Pack for just $99.99. Plus, you'll get eight free Omaha Steaks burgers when you order. These burgers are legendary. They taste like a steak on a bun that brings you a true backyard burger experience in every delicious bite. Order now and save 61% on the Gourmet Grill Pack, which includes four bacon wrap fillets, four premium air chill boneless chicken breasts, four boneless pork chops, four gourmet jumbo franks, four made from scratch caramel apple tartlets, and an Omaha Steak seasoning packet. Omaha Steaks isn't just steak, it's the best steak of your life, guaranteed. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com and type Bongino into the search bar and order the Gourmet Grill Pack today. That's omahasteaks.com, keyword Bongino. Here's another American hero, FBI whistleblower Steve Friend, who we had on the same day that Durham, uh, John Durham testified to Congress. His insights on the corruption and the Russia collusion hoax and in the FBI are priceless. You're not going to hear it anywhere else. So check this out. This is a great guy. This is going to be a real treat for you. Really great guy. Unlike some of these clowns up on Capitol Hill in this questioning today, a guy with uh, a whole bunch of dignity, so much so he walked away from, you know, a terrific, secure career in the FBI to expose wrongdoing. He wrote a book about it. His name is Steve Friend, and he is a good friend to the show. Uh, the book is called True Blue. It's out now. You can pick it up now. I read the book. I endorsed the book. The book is incredible. Um, it's one of those stories that you read it, and it's hard to put down. So you probably want to check it out. True Blue by Steve Friend. Welcoming Steve uh, back to the show. Steve, so good to talk to you, especially today. How you doing? How's the book doing? You guys rocking with it or what? Uh, I think the, the verdict's still out, but I'm pretty optimistic. I've been told by the publisher it's doing pretty well. <laughs> You're such an honest guy. You are. I love you guys. You, This guy and Kyle Serafin are the most honest guys you'll ever meet, man. Oh, the verdict's still out. It's doing, It's an awesome book. Everyone go, see, this is, the, this is how you can tell a guy who's not Adam Schiff, who isn't full of crap. If I asked Adam Schiff that question, Steve, it's the most amazing freaking thing ever. The book sold 22 million copies copies it's the everyone bought it's incredible you're a great guy you're a humble guy love to have you on the show again folks the book is true blue i need you here today though to kind of do some fbi translation stuff for us steve so john Durham, the special prosecutors up on capitol hill talking today about the dreadful crossfire hurricane case the case into donald trump that was based on nothing now you were an fbi agent 
Here's what I find astonishing as an 1811 myself, but in a different agency. We didn't have this preliminary full investigation thing you guys have, right? We didn't have that. You either started an investigation or you didn't. How is it that Durham acknowledged that there was not a single scintilla or shred of evidence against Trump to start this thing? And it not only moved from hearsay to a preliminary, to a full investigation, to a Mueller probe, without any supervisor or anyone going, hey, listen, do we actually have anything? Isn't that weird? Well, that can only happen with the willful participation of a politically motivated leadership class. And I hesitate to say leadership. It's more of a management class within the FBI that greenlit this all the way up the chain of command and and was content to proceed and, and open up the toolbox and get all the goodies inside in the hopes that they would be able to find something, anything that they could to derail the Trump presidency from happening. You use the key word there. That this witch hunt into Trump, which has now been fully exposed today up on Capitol Hill with the Durham hearing, this was willful. This wasn't an accident. That this wasn't a few mistakes. That you know, uh, you know, you guys, you were with the FBI. They investigate bank robbery. It wasn't that a bank was robbed and Steve Friend, as a former FBI agent, went out and arrested the wrong guy. It happens. It's rare, but it happens. The point, Steve, is that no bank was robbed at all. And somebody got arrested for it. This had to be willful. Exactly. And I think it's an indication and of what we've been seeing from the FBI and from the DOJ for the last several years, especially especially since uh, President Trump ascended uh, to, to the spotlight as far as being a political actor here. And that is the willingness on behalf of the FBI to seek process crimes to punish its political enemies. So you take a situation where Mike, Michael Flynn was uh, interviewed at the uh, direction of James Comey. He sent agents over to interview Mike Flynn, not for a legitimate purpose, but with hope that they could contrive a way to articulate that he lacked candor and they could immediately open a obstruction or lack a thousand one case against him. And, and that is just not in keeping with the traditions of law enforcement where there's an actual incident or an offense or a, a crime committed and then an investigation ensues instead here they're picking the man and trying to find a crime and and, and we're talking to steve friend author of a really incredible book uh, i fully endorsed it on the back if you want to pick it up it's called true blue out now uh, steve's a great guy folks and we got to really support these guys who, who support us and the constitution steve walked away from the fbi he didn't have to do it he could have shut his mouth and just played along and he didn't and either did Kyle or Garrett O'Boyle or Marcus Allen or others. Steve, one question I get a lot, I'll pose to you. I'm, I was going to go somewhere else, but while I've got you, I get this a lot from listeners, and fair enough. It's a good question. They say, yeah, we've got Steve. We've got Kyle. You've got these heroes speaking. I know you don't see yourself that way because you're a humble guy, but we do. So just take it, right? But why aren't there more? Why aren't there more? I mean, it's clear right now between the targeting parents as domestic terrorists, uh, the, the targeting Christians and churches, like all this stuff going on with the FBI. There should be hundreds of you. Well, what's going on? I, I, would, I agree with you. I'm, I'm questioning that myself. I think that it's a mixture of, of fear because they see what happened to somebody like Garrett O'Boyle, who was clearly trapped by the FBI and had to put his family through the ringer in such a significant and substantial way. I think that people delude themselves with the uh, the argument that they just have to follow orders and uh, you just have to look to history and realize that it doesn't smile too kindly on those that, that subscribe to that belief. And then finally, I think financially, so many people are beholden to the paycheck from the FBI and they convince themselves in their recesses of the brain that they're, they have to do this because they have to feed their family. And, and I've come around to the idea that I would rather raise hungry children than morally bankrupt children. And, and I'm hopeful that more individuals will come forward, having seen the example that guys like Garrett and Kyle have said. Yeah, and you. Uh, yeah, and then Kyle said something to me. Kyle is surfing as another FBI agent, another American hero. Uh, Kyle said to me when I initially met him something interesting, and I tend to agree with his assessment, and he was not in any way condoning it, folks. I just want to be clear. But Kyle said to me, Steve, he says, listen, Dan, you know, you were an agent, too. You know how it is. A guy tells you how to do a security plan, and, you, you know, you, you, this is how we did it in the past. And, and, and you do it. You don't ask a lot of questions. There's a lot of stress. You just do it. He said, you know, I'll bet you 90% of these guys 
aren't even political at all in the Bureau. And some supervisor told him, hey, just go do this, get a warrant on this guy, whatever. And they just did it. He was not in any way excusing it. And now that they know, they should know better. But but your thoughts on that is some of them were just, you know, hey, hey this is just what we did because people told us to do it. I, I think that there, there's a history of doing that. And I think that for a long time that that passed muster. But unfortunately, now the FBI has exposed itself and the mask has fallen away, especially from people in the highest ranks, that they're political actors, that there needs to be a healthy skepticism. Certainly anybody who's an FBI agent is trained to use critical thought. And and that's what I did in my situation where I was looking at what we were doing and and realized that the FBI was departing from its rules. And, And there should always be at its core a system idealist inside anybody who is an investigator or a police officer. And being a system idealist is following the law, following the policy, following the Constitution. And if your case is not buttoned up, it doesn't matter if you're sending people to the gulags in Washington, D.C., where you're guaranteed to get the W. You have to do it the right way, and that is the oath in keeping with your oath that you took. And I'm, I'm hoping that, again, individuals will use their critical thoughts here and not necessarily give the benefit of the doubt to these cases because it's certainly bearing itself out as the facts emerge that uh, there's there's a, a serious lack of justice for so many people, especially on the right side of the aisle. Yeah, we're talking to Steve Friend, FBI whistleblower. Uh, Steve, a, a couple of questions, one at a time. Is the FBI, as you see it constituted today, um, is, it, is it savable? I mean, can we save the FBI as an entity by, say, house cleaning and management? Or is it time for something more drastic, taking the money, taking the the human resources and placing them in different agencies as we break up the mission? I mean, what do you see being a former insider as being a viable solution? Because we need a functioning uh, entity that can criminally investigate terrorism and crime. I mean, we need it. I, I think that uh, the brand is so tarnished at this point uh, that there's going to be substantial portions of this population that are not going to trust any case the FBI brings to court. And uh, it needs to be rethought, reimagined. And I think that the, the best way to do that is to look to our past. And that is uh, in the Constitution, we originally elected senators uh, from the state assemblies. And that was to small our republicanize and give the states authority over the federal government. And I think you can do the same thing with law enforcement and r- remove the 1811s from the FBI, take out its ability to enforce these, these, these investigations that it's done and deputize local agencies, deputize local detectives and police officers and give those agencies the ability to submit their personnel and give them a final say. So if the FBI says, hey, we're investigating uh, Dan Bongino mm-hmm. for uh, domestic terrorism, then the, uh, the local sheriff has the ability to say, that's great, FBI, uh, get bent. We're not, we're not going to allow that arrest to happen because we have the arrest powers here. Gosh, that's a, that's a fascinating idea. You know, Steve, I, I've thought about this often, about how to reform federal law enforcement. I've had a number of ideas I've written about in a number of books myself about breaking it up into three co-equal and equally powerful entities, an intelligence entity, a criminal entity, uh, and an IC, an intelligence uh, community, uh, excuse me, an investigative community that works just like the IG does now, because the IG is weak. I mean, uh, what is it, uh, for us, by us? You know, they, they used to joke, and the Secret Service had its own people looking at it. I mean, you're not really going to, you're going to, think about it, you've grown up with an agent, a guy's uh, getting investigated for doing an oil change, uh, whatever, on a, on a company dollar, and, and it was his personal car. you really going to interview this guy if he's your buddy? I mean, they all have problems like this, but that's a fascinating solution. We're talking to Steve Friend. He's the author of a new book called True Blue. It's fantastic. It's his story of the issues in the FBI and why he left. Uh, Steve, just your thoughts, uh, lastly, on now that we've got this Durham testimony and it's clear that the FBI engaged and, and was an active participant in probably the biggest political scandal in American history, the targeting of Donald Trump. You know, the cover up I find to have been worse than the crime. I, I bet like you, you can't possibly imagine doctoring a document to go after a guy like Carter Page, who was working on behalf of the United States government, the CIA and contacting Russians and then doctoring a document to say he was a Russian source. I mean, that I find of this case to be the most unbelievable thing that this actually happened within the bureau. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm just enormously disappointed that that could have ever happened in any law enforcement agency, let alone the self-anointed premier law enforcement agency for the entire country. And I've always prided myself on being a professional in, in what I did and uh, subscribed to what my dad taught me. And that was when you score a touchdown, you don't spike the football because you act like you had been there before. And, and you do things the right way. And you don't pick a target and then find any way to do it. And, and that is the stuff of the Stasi and the KGB. And, and back to the, the uh there's your earlier question as far as breaking things up. That's the problem now within these agencies, especially within the FBI, where it's, it's now combined intelligence with law enforcement. And as a result, we're seeing a completely weaponized and politicized agency that is willing to bend, if not outright break the law in order to go after its, its opponents. Um, and it's, it's tremendously disappointing. And there has to be accountability. It can't just be more training for the rank and file. I need to see scouts. I need to see the Holman rule enforced. I need to see salary zeroed out, people terminated from the top, and, uh, and hopefully some reform. If not, uh, we can just break this agency down to a thousand pieces and scatter it to the wind. Yeah, Steve, you're right. I mean, uh, you can... Do you really need a rule to tell someone not to lie to a judge about a guy being a source for the CIA? I mean, do you need a rule for that? You know, I, well, I got to run, Steve. So, since you yeah. swear an oath to protect the Constitution in front of God, right. apparently that's just an iPhone user agreement to so many of these guys. Now they just oh. click yes to get the They just said agree. I know, but Kyle said something to me again when I first met him, Kyle Serafin, another uh, former FBI agent whistleblower. He said, you know, they take us to the Holocaust Museum just to remind us of the just following orders uh, tragedies throughout human history. And he said, you know, that mattered to me. That really changed me when I went there. And uh, that's what I think motivates guys like you and guys like Kyle. You're not going to follow orders if they if they collide and clash with the raising your right hand constitutional oath you took to protect this great country. You're not going to do it. Folks, please pick up his book. He's a fantastic guy. Uh, Steve Friend, he's a friend to me, a friend to the show. Uh, he gave up a lot to expose this FBI malfeasance. His story is told in the book, True Blue. Pick it up today. Steve, thanks for your time. You're always welcome back here, my friend. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank you for helping me all along the way. You got it. Oh, you got it. Folks, I told you there are good guys out there. I wish there were more, but he's one of, there's a, there's a crew of them now. Garrett O'Boyle, Marcus Allen, Steve Friend, Kyle Serafin. These are good, decent human beings. We've had enough of this bull. You get the rest. That was Steve Friend. Up next is a phone call from a lib. This did not end well for the lib. We haven't had one of these in a while. But first, our next sponsor. Here's the biggest summer secret to great-looking, glowing summer complexions. It's a, uh, it's, a, it's, a, <clears throat> it's a lot more than staying hydrated and using sun protection. It's having great skincare products, too, from our friends at GenuCell Skincare. Sun, humidity, dehydrated skin, covered in dark spots, even puffy bags under the eyes are a problem for all of us. But thankfully, GenuCell Skincare is a perfect answer. Introducing GenuCell's beautifully curated Summer Essentials Package. That's right, this limited edition package includes their one-of-a-kind ultra-retinol super moisturizer that uses a powerful plant extract, extract alternative to retinol without the harsh side effects. Plus, you'll get GenuCell Skincare, classic skincare therapy to help with under-eye bags and puffiness and concentrated vitamin C serum to help nourish your skin for visibly clearer complexion with a glow that'll get you compliments everywhere you go. Go to GenuCell.com slash Dan right now. Get your GenuCell Skincare Summer Essentials Package now just for the summer. Every subscription order includes a customized summer spa gift uh, box absolutely free. Order now. Every summer package includes GenuCell Skincare's Immediate Effects products also free. With its immediate effects, results guaranteed in 12 hours or less or your money back. Don't wait. GenuCell, G-E-N-U-C-E-L, GenuCell.com slash Dan, GenuCell.com slash Dan, GenuCell.com slash Dan. We rarely get calls from liberals, even though they're always welcome. Listen to this one. Work herself into a corner on abortion and hear the whole argument just materialize on air. This was great. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's take Wendy. Wendy, you're on the Dan Bongino Show. What do you got for us? Mr. Bongino, please stop talking so terribly about Democrats and liberals. Half the things you say, I, they're not even familiar to me. I'm not for abortion. I'm for choice. I'm not. I don't know. You put a lot of words in the mouths of liberals and Democrats, but. All right. Well, let's time I, out. Let's go into Let's start. Well, hold on, Wendy. Let's let's address this. You're not for abortion. Your choice. The choice to do what? The choice for people to make their own decisions about their health care. No, no, no. The cho no, no, no. We're not talking about health care. The choice to do what people have the choice. People can go into an emergency room right now and make the choice to get health care. And the emergency room has to provide health care. So let's stop the euphemisms. 
You're pro-choice. The choice to do what? To have an abortion if you choose to do okay, so. Okay, what is an abortion? What is an abortion? Uh, the stopping of a pregnancy. No, 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 it's not the stopping of a pregnancy. There are a lot of pregnancies that are stopped due to miscarriages and other things. It's the killing of an infant's I mean, I life. Just, it's the I termination of their life. So wait, 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 hold on. You said I'm mischaracterizing you. So you just admitted that you are for abortion because you're not for health care choices. You're I, yeah, for abortion, I, correct? I am pro-choice. Personally, I am not pro-abortion, but I'm pro-choice. I've heard Donald but, Trump say that Democrats but believe you're that the the truth, kill babies. You're for the choice to kill babies. Correct? You, you, think that's, um, you think that that's a good thing for society, to be able to whack little kids inside I, I, the womb? Why, why is that? What's good about that? Why should we be whacking little kids I, in the I, womb? Personally, I do not think that's a good thing. I just think that people have... So if it's not a good thing, then why shouldn't we make it harder to do? I'm just asking questions. You just said it's not a good thing. So murder's not a good thing either. We make that hard to do. So why shouldn't we make abortion hard to do? I'm just asking questions. I, I guess we should make it as difficult as maybe owning a gun. <laughs> uh, no, no, you see, now, this is what's called a non... In debating, this is what's called a non sequitur. Wait, wait, time out. When people lose an argument, they do the non sequitur. John Stewart does this all the time. That's a different issue we can debate another time. I'm asking you a question. You just admitted in front of my 8 million listeners that abortion's a bad thing. So we make other bad things hard to do. Why shouldn't we enact laws making abortion really hard? Why? That's the, but that's what you guys don't understand. My choices are different than other people's choices. The rules uh, that you guys want to put okay, so are mine. My, I choose not to. I, so I choose not to support people who murder babies. Okay, so stop, why do you? I don't want to stop people from going to church. I don't want to stop people. from... That has nothing to do with abortion. That is, a, you're, you're just again, you're engaging in what's called non sequiturs. It's a typical tactic of the of the leftist who starts to but lose track of the debate and gets nervous. I'm asking you a question. Do you, why would you not make what you just acknowledge is a bad thing more difficult? I'm not saying it shouldn't be difficult. That's the thing. We're I Okay, like we we're agree. Wendy, thank you. It should be more difficult to whack babies in the womb. Gosh, it's the first time I've ever gotten a liberal to agree that pro-life stances are the way to go moving forward. Thank you, Wendy, for confirming in front of the nation that pro-choice is pro-abortion. Thanks for listening to the Sunday podcast. We always appreciate it. If you ever want to listen to the radio show live, go to Bongino.com. Just click on Station Finder. We're probably on somewhere near you. You can always listen on radio stations near you and listen to the podcast every day at 11 a.m. Eastern Time live at Rumble.com slash Bongino. Join the live chat. We'd love to have you. I'll see you next week. You just heard Dan Bongino.